Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Scott Luke and Greg White with you here on today's special edition of the Supply Chain Buzz. Greg, how are we doing? I feel like I'm live and in person for the first time on the buzz. <laughs> well, there's, there's a reason for that. Yeah. So, folks, welcome, first off. But secondly, this is the first time we have taken our Supply Chain Buzz live since really the world will shut down. So stay tuned. We've got two home run guests here today to celebrate with us and yeah. to bring a ton of supply chain insights to you. And of course, we want to hear from you as well. So we've got two OGs, two supply chain now OGs. We've got Paul Noble, founder and CEO of Verison and Kevin Heath, COO with Omnia Partners. Paul, Kevin, how are we doing? Doing well. Great to be with all of you. Yeah, with. Yeah. It's great to yeah. even yeah. say yeah. that, isn't it? It's good we to talk be back. a lot. Yeah, it's good to be back together. It's been 18 months of, right. of a lot of transformation. So mm. Modex. Thanks for having us, Modex. Right. That was yeah. it. Well, you know, uh, Kevin and his team are, he, he just said thanks for having us, but really we owe him uh, thanks for having <laughs> us here. Up, right? right? <laughs> yeah. We're uh, broadcasting live from Connections 2021 down here in beautiful Miami, Florida, the, the magic city, which of course is hosted by the uh, ever hospital team, uh, hospitable city. Seven times fast. Yeah, uh, fast. <laughs> I'm the partner's team having a blast. And Kevin, man, when y'all put something on, you go big. Yeah, we the team does a great job. You know, we have a, a large group here today. I think we'll have 500 people over the yeah. next couple of days. And it's an important time for us to get people back together, try to get back into a routine. So we're excited. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Great. It's been awesome. great so far. It has. So we're food. just getting started. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So day one. And Paul's got two, not one, but two keynotes here this week. So we'll touch on that more. We're putting him to work. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, if you're going to be a heavy hitter, you know, you got to get that seat at the table. You got to deliver. Yeah. And Nothing that he literally you know. has the seat at the table. That's right. So there we go. All right. So what, <laughs> what, what we want to do uh, is say hello to some of the folks that are tuned in live uh, as we're, folks are rolling in now. Let's see here. We'll start, of course, with Peter Ball, uh, Bole all night and all day. Peter tuned in from Canada up there. Peter, hope this finds you well. Ahmed is tuned in via LinkedIn. Ahmed, let us know where you are tuned in from. Uh, Brody Brown. Brody Brown is with us also via LinkedIn. Great to see you here. Nerf. I think, is Nerf back? Kind of. He's Nerf. Okay. No longer Nerfod. Right. Right. He's kind of dodging the authorities a little bit. Right. So, <laughs> but he's back. Yes, we're only, with him? <laughs> no, we're only kidding. Oh, Nerf is not on the lam at all. <laughs> not at all. But uh, he's back on social, and yeah. it's great to have him. Uh, Lisa Jennings is tuned in via LinkedIn. Great to see you, Lisa. Uh, let us know where you're tuned in from. We couldn't do this. Of course, y'all should see, we don't have a camera, but we've got a, an awesome triumphant of production operational talent over here. Trust us. Uh, trust us, just off camera. Uh, Amanda, Vicky, and Sarah. And, you know, Clay Phillips and Jada are also behind the scenes making it happen here today. So, hello, hello. And Nerf reminds everybody, he's tuned in from Windsor, Ontario, uh, yes. Canada. One final one. Gene Pledger is tuned in. Gene, thanks for your kind comments last week on our growth. He says, from N.A., 
you know, he got the joke that we North. Uh, LA last week. Yeah, you know, that's right. lower, yeah. he's from North Alabama, yeah. not Lower Alabama, <laughs> LA as we call it around here. Okay, well, welcome everybody. Y'all picked a great show to tune in from. Uh, tune yeah. in to. So, Greg, where are we starting here this afternoon? It seems odd because we haven't done this live, so I'm not really sure where we're starting. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Normally, I can keep my eye on you in the upper right-hand corner right. of my screen. Now, I've got to turn my whole head. I know. I feel like there's so many cameras, right, and so many people to look at actually in person. This is actually pretty exciting. It, it is. feels like a, a new era, a new, new energy. energy. So. It's Christmas morning here yeah. on Supply yeah. Channel. Okay. Well, this is where we're going to start. Folks, it is World Tourism Day. World Tourism Day. Uh, if you're like me, I had no idea that that was a thing, but it is a thing, and we're going to poll our panel before we get into some heavy-hitting supply chain uh, topics, really global business topics. We're going to pull our panel on one of the coolest places they've been, let's say in the last four or five years. So, of course, our travel has been constrained a little bit in the last 18 months or so. But, Paul, I want to start with you. You are sharing some things pre-show about some of his world travels. Where's the yeah. coolest place you've been here? Yeah, you know, obviously um, excited to get back on the road when we can internationally, but uh, had the opportunity, and anyone that knows me well, has heard this probably, uh, Tokyo, Japan. We had the uh, the ability to go there early 2019. SAP was launching a new innovation center and invited us to talk about how they're infusing early stage technologies into the SAP ecosystem uh, through SAP IO. And so myself and a couple of team members went over there to participate and wow, what a time. Uh, Did you have two keynotes there as well? No, just one. We had one big event, a handful of meetings. We we're meeting customers, but more importantly, um, from a travel perspective, we're able to see the great culture, food, and uh, landscape around in and around Tokyo. It was a blast. So I recommend it if uh, if you've never been. <laughs> so right. when one, you can, one yeah. little wrinkle to add to Paul's story he shared with us pre-show is that's where he caught. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, New England Patriots uh, Super Bowl. Oh, that's right. Which that's we, right. We, we yeah. can't we can't share anymore. If you did, if you don't know how that tuned out, uh, turned out for it's this, what, what was this? Twenty eight three, I think. From <laughs> oh, the, the guy from New England. <laughs> <laughs> too, soon. too soon. Yes, yeah. Tom Brady and the Patriots uh, broke Falcons' hearts for sure. But <laughs> yeah, we'll keep on moving. Uh, yeah, congrats, we'll back, Kevin. And we'll be you. back soon. We have a new partner there, NTT Data. Yo, yeah. um, that we're going to market just with. Just a small company. Asia. Yeah, just a little one of the. Little, little company, NTT Data, they're great, and uh, we look forward to go and see them when we can. Wonderful. Well, hey, we'll do a supply chain buzz there in Tokyo live Let's do soon, it. perhaps. Um, okay, so, Paul, that was your – so Tokyo is your favorite spot. Kevin, what's the cool space uh, city you've been to here recently? Yeah, so for us, you know, pre-pandemic, um, I had accepted this role with Omnia Partners in January of, 19, uh, of 20, 2020. And we had a trip on the calendar to go to Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. And uh, just an outstanding place for a family trip. We loved it so much so that uh, now that we're coming out of the pandemic, we're headed back there for Thanksgiving. Oh, so wow. highly recommend it. It's a wow. beautiful piece of the country. Go Turkey and Dominican. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, folks, Kevin Bring your own bird. He just, <laughs> he just raised the bar on expectations for Thanksgivings yeah. everywhere. So, uh, I appreciate you sharing. And we're getting some comments here uh, from our skyboxes. Folks, let us know where you've enjoyed uh, going. We've got Peter says he was in Singapore years ago for a Star Alliance procurement meeting. What a fantastic trip that was. Uh, by the way, hello, Farshad, tuned in via LinkedIn from Tehran. Great to have you here. And then Azalea. Jackson, 
a new resident of Nashville. That's right. Is tuned in here today. So great to see you. Uh, oh, one final thing. So Nerf says, my favorite city is the same favorite city of the U.S. sitting president, Del Rio, Texas, baby. I had no idea. Okay. Very nice. Um, all right. So always put the timely comments. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> Zing by right here on Splatching Out. Okay. So, Greg, you're not getting out of this question. What's a oh. cool place you've been? I've been a lot of cities, but I have to say that probably one of my favorites is Oslo, Norway. I know that sounds odd no. to pick Oslo, but there is this amazing, uh, the former king of Norway has uh, kind of a hunting, hunting cabin. They've turned it into a resort, mm -hmm. um, golf courses. It's the quietest place on earth. And I used to do a trip all the way around the world a couple times a year. And I would always land there for a few days before we did our European conference because even the birds and bugs are polite enough to keep it quiet. So you can sleep <laughs> with your windows open. It's 60 degrees in in June. So I just oh, love wonderful. it. So about Oslo. Peace in Oslo, right? <laughs> Swing in, get your medal yeah. and take off. Okay. Sounds refreshing. Uh, even the bugs cooperate in Oslo. How about that? Uh, all right. So kidding aside, Nerf says uh, Zadar, Croatia is his uh, co coastal city in Gordon. It's one of his favorites to go to. Hmm. So I appreciate you sharing there. Nerf. Folks, let us know. We'll take your uh, comments throughout today's live stream about your favorite place to go. If you can throw in there why you like it, that'd be great too. Okay. Uh, so I I'm cheating off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at your paper over here. So, uh, <laughs> so, just like high school. Just yeah. like high school. Um, <laughs> All right. So next, so speaking of world tourists, of course, we're all, most of us are tourists down here in Miami. Gorgeous, gorgeous weather, gorgeous yeah. city. Um, down here for Connections 2021, hosted by the heavy hitters over at Omnia Partners. Paul, we've talked about, you're like the um, star power down here, two keynotes. What are you looking most forward to about the event? Uh, I think it's a unique opportunity at this point in time, right? Supply chains are very chaotic. And I think what is that to say the least and one of the things i'm most excited about is getting different parts of the network together to talk about how we're going to move forward and mm. attack um these challenges and uh you know that's one of the great things about omnia partners is the network that they have and the alliances across that network there's a lot of great opportunities procurement is incredibly strategic more than it's ever been before to be able to talk and hear about the challenges and, and align with those is uh, what I'm most excited about. Love that. Yeah. Uh, Greg, speaking of star power, we've got Kevin Heath here as well. Yeah. Uh, so what, Kevin, what are you looking forward to this week? You know, for us, so much has changed, uh, you know, over the last couple of years. Businesses have changed their models. You know, there's significant disruption that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, for me, it's really similar to what Paul said, is having the network back together. You know, we'll have some of the largest companies in the world. Uh, some of the, you know, we have a good population of small to medium-sized businesses that'll be here. And, yeah. and then a significant uh, portion of our members will be here, both on the public and the private sector side. And really understanding what the world looks like for them on a go-forward basis so that collectively we can be here to support them. Mm. So, Greg, we talk about a lot about companies that, especially during these challenging times, invest in events like this, where not fo folks don't just come out and, and gather market intel and exchange that, but it's about building relationships. Your take and what are you looking forward yeah, to? Yeah, well, I think that, look, companies, especially small and medium businesses, they need to outsource, if you want to call it that, or partner with companies to do more of the things that aren't really their core competency. Companies have struggled a long time. They've been really good at selling not as great at marketing or really good at, 
at um, marketing products, but not as great at producing them. Mm -hmm. And now there's just an incredible opportunity when you have a GPO or a procurement organization to work with that allows you to be able to do what you're best at and mm -hmm. sort of shop what you need help with. And in this market where Amazon is running over mm -hmm. everyone and other big competitors, super competitors are out there challenging smaller companies, it's a great opportunity. And I've always thought that smaller companies should have the opportunity to be able to leverage other entities to do what is not really their core competency. Well, that democratize and, and, and to do that and to uh, compete effectively, you've got to have resources like the Omni Partners team. You were going to say something? Yeah, else? I was just going to follow up with what Greg said. You know, we're seeing a lot of that. We're, we're seeing, you know, when we talk to a lot of our members, we're, you know, and what's important to them right now, they really want to stay focused on their core business, yeah. what it is that they do. And, and they're seeing an opportunity across supply chain to really have partners that can be trusted, uh, you know, pre, mid, and post pandemic. Right. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's such a big piece of what we're trying to do in, in our message. Yeah, we yeah. see a lot of that. Uh, you can see a lot of that with a lot of the e-first companies, the e-commerce or, or um, direct-to-consumer companies. They are starting by outsourcing a lot of what yeah. is not their core, yeah. right? And it, you can see where it creates huge leverage for the company to be able to accelerate much, much more quickly. Yeah, great point. Uh, we're not talking about that or that. Just some striking off your list. No baseball, no uh, culinary exploits. Speaking of focus, um, just just best with you. Um, all right, so I want to say hello. We've got a couple special guests. All all of our guests in the skybox are special, but Andrea Scobie is with us as well. Of course, her she's part of the, the leadership team here at Omnia Partners. She would actually be here with us, <laughs> right. but she's tuning in from somewhere around the building. That is right. Uh, Azalea <laughs> says it's time for a vacation. Maybe she's going to check out Iceland. Uh, and Jose is with us uh, via LinkedIn. Jose, I think Singapore is one of your favorite places. Let us know where you're tuned in from, and I appreciate your message last week. Uh, and then finally, Natalie, I don't know, are y'all Big Brother fans? We are Big Brother fans. Okay. Natalie says, uh, Natalie says, Zingbot, and the Big Brother reference was not expected today, so she enjoyed that. Amanda <laughs> and I, are, we, we love Big Brother. All right. That went right past me. Yes. <laughs> we got to bring in Zingbot. Uh, at some point, uh, Amanda, we'd have a lot of fun with that. Uh, David and Dr. Rhonda Bumpentism, I'm a great CEO here as well. Okay, we've got to get into the heavy lifting, right? we got uh, a couple big stories we're going to dive into. We're yeah. going to get uh, Greg and Paul and Kevin's uh, take on them. So, Greg, but first off, what are you looking forward to this week? And then we'll get into it. Well, I think, I think a lot of what we just discussed, the opportunity for some of these SMBs to see what is potential out there, some of the suppliers that are engaging. It's not all about parts and pieces. We're going to talk about that here in a second. It's about people and relationships. And when you've got an organization like, like what Omnia Partners is putting together, it, it gives a smaller company so much more leverage. Look, everybody knows by now I'm, fa I'm a fan right. of this business model because I think it creates so much leverage for, for these smaller businesses. And it, the time is right. Look, it's, accelerate or not just get passed over get run over mm. so we we have to we have to enable these small businesses to be able to build and and accelerate mm. morbid monday here on supply chain now okay so but, but well said i agree it's with you. true that's right can't sit on laurels okay uh i want to start so paul and kevin already we're entering the guru zone where we're going to dive into and get y'all's take on some of the things taking place across global supply chain so the first one, uh, and Paul, I want to start with you. We got this really neat story from NPR 
where it talks about one, how one single missing part can unleash the Kraken in global supply chain. And you know what? I'm only slightly exaggerating there. So Paul, tell us more about this story and then give us your take. Yeah, so this was, this was sent to me by Jeff Peters. Shout out to Jeff um, the other day. And it hit home, and he and he knew it definitely would. So we're our business is focused on materials, and there's a lot of focus on logistics and supply chain. But I think a lot of people overlook that from a materials perspective. One small disruption, whether it's a gasket on an asset or a microchip in a vehicle, right. can shut everything down, and then you, you know things begin to pile up. So as I looked at this story, it really hit home of a lot of the things that you know we're talking about. Um, we're talking with chief supply chain officers, chief procurement officers every day about uh, really trying to understand really what they need, where they need it, when they need it, give agility, right? Not the buzzword everyone to death, um, <laughs> yeah. but it, it's we'll as, much as, as much as, yeah, bingo. Is, um, as much as cost savings is important, you need to understand the risks of how you're partnering with your most, most strategic suppliers, where you have first, second, third sources, and it's a combination of both. It's something that we talk a lot about, what we call material truth. It's part data. It's how that data is presented to take action to people. And it's, it's a combination of what do you need that doesn't induce more risk into your supply mm. chain. And that's going to move up and down with, you know, with the craziness of supply chains all across. And it can be a, a ship getting stuck in the Suez or it can right. be, you know, something, right. something not available to uh, keep production up and running. Mm. Right. So, um, you know, that's what hit home to me. And um, again, it's just very much the tip of the iceberg of how to get a handle on that. So I want to come to you, uh, Kevin, and then you in a, in a second here, Greg. But Wakanda, Illinois, was part of this article. In fact, they started with um, Nicole Walter, who runs HM Manufacturing. And you all know what Wakanda, Illinois, is known for? Gears and pulleys. <laughs> uh, I, no, I, I, I just, I just read the article. Well, that's your list. So Blues Brothers, with, uh, Wakanda uh, was one of the places uh, they filmed okay. that. And secondly, is that 100 miles to Chicago? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> so, gas and sunglasses. Pull back, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but secondly, in 2005, I think it was uh, a 3,000 person snowball, snowball fight, the largest in the world, took place right here in Wakanda. And, and you know, who, I guess that's one of the ways of recruiting businesses into Wakanda, <laughs> Illinois, right? It's breaking records. But the other thing that Nicole Walter said in this article, uh, and Kevin, I'll come to you next, is quote, it's a circus. And I'd like to get off this ride. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yes. Kevin, yep. what whether it's article or something that Paul said, what are some of your takes here about what we're seeing? Yeah, we see the world similarly, um, Paul and I, as we've been together for a long time. But, you know, it can be a part. It can be people. You know, yeah. we are seeing significant disruptions around the world. Uh, you know, it's chips, it's labor shortages, it, and it, the impacts are compounding. Right. Uh, and people think that parts can't be produced because of the one missing part, right? But you can stack that up as if you can't get the parts out of there, even if you have all the materials, 
we're hearing stories of, of companies shutting down because they have no place to put goods. You can't get a container ship. So this disruption is real. You know, I, I was talking to a friend the other day. There are 75 fully loaded uh, cargo ships sitting in San Francisco Bay right now that wow. can't get unloaded. Wow. Um, so, uh, you know, whether that's your missing part or that's what's keeping you from making more parts, the disruption is, is unprecedented in anything I've seen in yeah. 30 years. World record. Uh, historical record of 75 ships. And as the article points out, as we've been tracking for a while, Greg, it is taking more than a week to unload each ship. So, uh, Greg, some of your thoughts. I think we have to redefine what efficiency is in the supply chain because we have defined efficiency so often as cost minimization. And now we, ha we have to recognize that that has hurt us when it comes to risk in the supply chain. And I think that's one of the things that we have to tackle here. And also, um, this this article is really good. It's really interesting. Some of uh, some of what uh, these people saw. I love the analogy of it being like a recipe, right? You're trying to build a really complex meal, and you don't have that one recipe that stops the entire thing from happening. And I think for so long, companies have presumed that they'll be able to get everything, right? They may have mm -hmm. even had, as you mm -hmm. said, Paul. They may have even had secondary or tertiary suppliers, but they weren't really serious about right. keeping that yep. at that agility and resilience thing yeah. <laughs> um, in, in their Drink. supply chain. So, so, <laughs> so that's, that's impacted us. And now we have to get really serious about systematizing and, and really having secondary options. Yeah, and it seems like the very cliche, but you know, supply chain, obviously now supply networks, and you really mm -hmm. are only as strong as your weakest link. Yeah. And the focus on that, not overcomplicating a already incredibly complex situation, uh, is going to be you know what helps helps navigate out of this thing. Yeah. Excellent point. Yeah, I agree. Two, 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 two thoughts there. Number one, going back to something Paul said, you know, if you're going to compete on price, you got to know about the repercussions. You got to be able to manage to them. And then secondly, on the food comparison, love that level settings, universal. It's like Mihao from Corning, right? I, I found out after the fact. Amanda, didn't we? I was mispronouncing Mihao's name throughout the, the three-day conference. Oh, <laughs> you know, wow. We referenced Michael, remember? Yeah. It's, it's Mihao. Okay. And Mihao put this uh, great, this wonderful comparison of supply chain excellence. It's all about Michelin stars, restaurants, and cooking. Right. Mm -hmm. so I love that call. That's a great right. call out. Everyone, everyone can relate to uh, food for sure. Okay. So I want to call out a couple of quick comments here. Uh, I want to welcome in Osme from Jordan. Great to have you here, Osme. We'd love to know what you're thinking as we walk through these articles. Uh, John Martinez is back. Now, John is a fellow veteran that just got on with a company down in San Antonio, I believe. So, John, let us know. I, I, I may have gotten that wrong. Let us know. Folks are good about letting us know when we get stuff wrong. Yeah. Um, John and says, they get plenty of opportunities. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and speaking of which, uh, and John, I'm going to come back to your comment in a second. Speaking of which, uh, when you talk about copying from my paper, uh, uh -oh. David says, uh, not only will you have more wrong answers, we'll have a lot more of the same wrong answers. <laughs> so right. thank you for that, David. Right. I appreciate that. Uh, all right. So back to the serious adult stuff. John says, we are seeing lead times of up to 18 weeks for some of our materials. What would you recommend to combat not putting in bulk orders to remain as lean as possible? We are moving towards being a JIT, just in time manufacturing operation. So is that a question or a comment in there? Um, would any of y'all want to just add a, a quick response, Paul? Sure. Um, talk about it a lot. Just wrote an article in uh, Forbes about this, right? So Wait a second, Paul. Wait a second. 
two keynotes, and now you're in Forbes. Holy cow, man. Not now. He's been in Forbes Evangelizing. forever. Evangelizing. <laughs> yeah, we got we to talk about this stuff. That's so, awesome. But no, they're, you know, everything pre-pandemic was lean, lean, lean. Right. right. And then, obviously, with this shift, it's, hey, let's get away from lean. Let's go, you know, get agile, which is often buy more, inflate mm -hmm. inventories, do those types of things. You can have both, right? And in the short term, certainly have to get back on track. But as you're planning and you're looking at who you're going to partner with, what technologies you're going to adopt, it's not one or the other, mm -hmm. right? Prepare to be able to pull the lever when you need to. Uh, would be my suggestion. Love you that. know, Paul, one of the key things you talked about there is partnerships. Yeah. And one of the things uh, that we've seen and been able to do across our membership is really be that trusted source of supply because it went back to the relationships. And we know that there's going to be a new normal that comes mm -hmm. at us. And uh, we don't want to be the person that was only there in the spot market. We want to be the person that's there long term. So I think that combination of data, technology, planning, mm -hmm. trusted relationships, getting good insights with your suppliers into what your day to day supply chain looks like is another mm -hmm. opportunity yeah. for everybody. Yeah, I agree. And would look at strengthening partnerships and adopting technologies that can get you there faster, yeah. right? You can, you know, said it a couple times over the last to both customers and, and partners. You can't project your way out of this one, right? Yeah. So don't think you can build it and take focus away from you know what you do as a business. Right. Lean on partnerships, strengthen those partnerships. Um, that's the only way. Again, we're going to get through this. Yeah. It's really about risk, mm -hmm. right? We have to acknowledge where the risk is very precisely. Where in the past we would just inflate inventories, everything. Mm -hmm. You have to identify where your real risk is, where in the supply chain it is, whether it's with your supplier or with your shipper with your lead time or the variability of that lead time and do so for those items where you, you recognize that because you will have items that you may not need to change policy at all. Yep. Yep. Right. Totally. But you'll have items where you'll need to change policy significantly. And the days of treating everything the same, they're over. And they should have been over before, but now they are definitely. <laughs> Sometimes it takes something serious. That's right. Yeah. Greg, I think, you know, you're talking about risk, but I think it's also understanding what problem you're solving for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the problem we're solving for today to get through the pandemic and to get supply chains back to an efficient point is going to look different than the solution that we need right. uh, for whether it's a chip shortage, a part shortage or a labor shortage right. long term. Right. So it's, I think it's a combination. Of it's those. extreme yeah. because we shut down the economy of the entire planet all at once. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it does give us. You know, often these sort sort of ends of the spectrum kind of activities, they give us a good insight. And as we're, I wouldn't say we're coming back to normal, but look, let's face it, supply chains have always been about risk. Right. It's yeah. always been about addressing mm -hmm. and prevent, preventing and managing and then and then assessing and re re uh targeting how we attack disruption. This has just been the biggest disruption in the history of the planet. So yeah, it's building that trust in right you know in untrustworthy data trust in each other across internally and external partners which i think might be a segue for you yes <laughs> but i want to get i want to get Azalea's. well done you both swap seats all right i want to get azalea's comment here because partnerships is where that last segment started and azalea says mm -hmm. partnerships are precisely what will keep small businesses alive from today forward some yeah. companies will do digital transformation better than others, but you can see how companies are piggybacking off others to transition into that more smoothly. And of course, one of y'all mentioned lean on me. Hey, Bill Withers has a place, a seat at the table <laughs> in global supply chain. Okay.
So I forgot that segue, Paul, but thank you. I, I'm, I'm going to come back to the second article. No, you're good. Uh, there's so much to leave that last article. That NPR piece was a great piece. And I think, yeah. folks, if, if you're even if you're not in supply chain, you can read that and you can really take away a lot of the common um, and unique constraints of these crazy times we're living in, especially for supply chain practitioners. But let's move to the second story from Supply Chain Dive. So this speaks, uh, Paul, this is right up your alley. You know, this is a tidal wave of data, right? As as this article, uh, which Supply Chain Dive is one of our favorites, Rudolf Leschner, I think I got that right. Rudolf Leschner from Rutgers. He says, hey, no folks are no longer screaming for the data. They're screaming because they have too much data. Mm. So, Paul, give us your take on this article and, and uh, give us a hot take after that. All right. Obviously, data is important. And went back to the equation earlier is that you have more and more data available. And it's not just about having the data. It's about understanding the data and presenting it to people that are experts and can provide direction on how that can be utilized in the business. So it's this, it's this combination, right? Where there's a part of the story that exists in, in systems today, uh, but it's about trust and people just do not trust their data today, mm. right? And so as we look at more information coming in, more external signals to just your traditional you know, materials or production schedules and things, and you're looking at external signals, sensor data, weather data, that can go into these traditional algorithms and, and help build trust and help be more predictive, you have to look at it differently, right? Mm -hmm. So if you are turning to the technologies and processes of the past to get you to the future, you may need to look at things a little differently, right? Because <laughs> that's what got you here. And, right. um, and we, we talk about that a lot, right? There is a place for master data management. There is a place for data governance but it's kind of a long road. You need to do it in parallel with, the, yeah. with things that'll get you there quickly, um, or it's going to be difficult mm. to be as agile as you want. Mm. You know, and you mentioned the material truth uh, yeah. a little while back, and, and you just said there to start your answer that folks don't trust the data, you know, because everyone's got their own spreadsheet, right? And, yeah. and, and leadership's trying to find that material truth or, yeah. or that data truth, whatever you want to call it, to make good decisions faster oftentimes in, in this in this day and age. Yeah. So I know you want to address that, but Kevin, I want to get you in really quick. Based on what Paul just shared and based on the, what this article about this tidal wave of data, any take from you? Yeah, we, we believe that, you know, we, to pull off a little bit of what we were talking earlier, right? You know, Omnia is a procurement organization. We, we probably are one of the largest aggregators of data in North America, if not mm. the world, transactional data. And Paul and I have been working together collectively because it's not a core competency of us, but we believe it really can help shape how we bring solutions to the workplace. And so how do, how do you bring it in? How do you contextualize it? How do you structure it so that it drives insights in a, in a repeatable way? Um, in, in many cases, I think we know this, right? People don't trust it because they use the same language talking from different data sets. Yeah. And yeah. so it's not just about getting the data, it's understanding it and, and using it to solve problems in a way that create value. For us, we're really focused on trying to bring it in and, and turn it into solutions mm -hmm. where we can gain insights and, and analytical. We'll get some business intelligence that you guys will see this week uh, that we're building on some technology platforms called uh, Omnia Connect. Uh, and it's got some machine learning behind it that Paul's 
going to be working with us on in the future. So we're excited about that. But it, it it's hard. I mean, it's it's really something that we have to lean on our partners for to mm. help us understand it. Yeah. I love it, man. Getting Paul signed up to power some of this stuff. It's like getting Ric Flair starting a wrestling movie, you know? <laughs> uh, all right, so great. <laughs> I heard that. I'm yeah. good. I'm good. All right. I know you're dying to jump in here based on what Paul and Kevin yeah, talked about. Yeah, I, I think is I think as important as the wealth or lack or the cleanliness of the data is is the analytics that we use because so many of the analytics, so much of the math that we talked about before, right? So much of the math that we used assumed a lack of robust data. And therefore, it can only use the data that was presented to it in 1689 when predictive analytics were created. I'm yeah. sorry. You should stole that, with that. <laughs> Sandbag. But, but I mean, look, look let's face story, it. Because I think it's important. Predictive analytics are not a new thing, right? And a lot of the calculations that are built around the top things that we use predictive analytics for forecasting and customer insights and supply and inventory optimization and things like that. Those calculations were built in right. 1689 at the latest, some of them in the, in the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. And you have to think about the, the data that was available then this sold end of discussion, right? We don't know why it sold. We don't know who bought it, mm-hmm. right? Cause it was written down. If it was even written down the sale, right? right. right. Now we know Described. who bought it why they bought it, what path they came to buy it through the web, in a store, what ads did they pass on the way there? All of those things are rich and valuable bits of data hmm. that allow us to discern better things like forecasting, which, you know, demand forecasting, which we've just described. And that's going to require a change in the mathematics and analytics that are used to create this, the, hmm. the machine learning and the artificial intelligence that you all use to analyze this data allows us to incorporate a lot of this data. Once we make it less of a mess, yep. then you have to be able to incorporate this rich data to be able to come up with the result that you want. Yeah. And on our earlier piece that we talked about, it's potentially a solution to prevent us from overbuying, over procuring, mm-hmm. overstocking, you know, things that right. we don't necessarily need in the quantities that we feel like we need them today. Yeah. yeah. It's again, it goes back to, then my one o'clock got pushed, so we're we're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you want to know what you need, where you need it, when you need it, right? That's the bottom line. There's a ton of complexity on how we get there, right? But Greg, you and I have talked about. I think if you took a market share of the demand planning system that has the highest market share, it'd be probably Microsoft Excel. And so you're doing all right. these decisions outside of the system. Mm. You can learn nothing of the why that went into that decision. And until you combine that data and the why, it's going to be you don't uh, get a solution. Yeah, you're just oh, going to yeah. be continuing to be reactive instead of being predictive, right? Everything is there to buy in, lay the foundation, and, and begin learning from those things at scale, like mm-hmm. at, a, at a global level. Um, and again, it's just the beginning of that, but you need to pull yourself out of Excel and mm-hmm. how you exchange with your partners. Not just like Excel, Excel, though. I mean, some Access of the legacy, and, yeah. Well, yeah, and some yeah, of the yeah. legacy applications. I'm not going to name them here, but we all we know who they are. <laughs> they still forecast the way that Excel does. They right. may do it more fast, right. and they may manage the data better. But the truth is, the why is critical. That's yeah. the thing that you've identified. In the past, it used to be how much and when, and then we evolved to who. Yeah. To yeah. some extent, who bought it. 
So we've continued to evolve with that data, with the techniques that we use, but the why is the critical part of it. It is the mm-hmm. most important part in, in the instance of predicting consumer sentiment or yep. consumer action or demand, right? So we have to understand what the real trigger points are, not the ones we presume them to be in the past because we built calculations that lack the ability to really analyze mm-hmm. data that we couldn't capture before. You're ruining my day. You're, you're <laughs> saying something else? No. But you're saying I've got to learn new math. And I have a hard time. <laughs> no, no. With, the original math. with these really? guys around, you don't have no, to learn change. math at all. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to learn new math One plus one will always equal two. You just need to find new okay. sources. Okay, a little better. A little yeah. better, You just need to find new sources because the old ways of doing things right. no longer apply. They well, simply don't work. You know, yeah. the why is important. Of course, Simon Sinek, uh, the world-renowned, uh, bringing why to the forefront of why, you know, that's where we have to, have to start. So, so much good stuff in that last five minutes between the three of y'all. I want to go back to the folks in the skybox. We've got some great comments here. Uh, let's see here. Letty says, love to see you repping your Verison shirt, Greg White. What a solid panel of people. Hey, thanks, Letty. Uh, and that is a good-looking shirt. You're good, uh, good let's see Greg. here. <laughs> Natalie says, we are finding that the systems and mathematics of planning, demand and supply, are a great start, but the human evaluation is critical right now. Excellent, excellent point. Right now and forever, right. in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Farshad. Farshad says uh, via LinkedIn, maybe we need to consider new types of forecasting techniques and inject COVID experiences. Excellent point. Gregory, our William Shakespeare of Supply Chain is his nickname. Gregory says hello and everyone on this great forum. Uh, so, Gregory, hey, you got to chime in eloquently with a, a take well, on what we're talking he about. Maybe summarize what we've said so yeah. far today. We welcome that. Say most eloquently. Yes, he will. One more. So, I'm going to go to a question here. So, uh, folks, we love the questions. And, you know, when we have a home run panel like we have today, uh, it's a good time to pose and, and, and get some takes, right? So, this comes from Andre. So Andre says, after the pandemic, I'm now using more time on sourcing for alternatives as a hospital purchaser in Norway. Can you suggest any good tools other than my best friend, Google? We all have (laughs) a best friend in Google, huh? Plastic, aluminum, and chip shortages is affecting us throughout the supply chain. Andre, we feel your pain. Uh, It's a tough question to get in a, a, a short conversation, but any Kevin, let's start with you from a sourcing procurement. Any any thoughts to pass to Andre here? Yeah, so we you know we've started to leverage some tools uh, out there around Zoom info and other applications, but um, you know ultimately today with the chip shortage, everyone's going to the same source. Everyone's going or, or with these shortages, people everyone's going to Google to try to find that stuff. Zoom right. info. Zoom, Zoom Info is another tool that uh, people could consider as finding resources. It also gives you contact information, name, and numbers. Love that. So I'm curious, yeah. since he asked this question, and you, I know that we've talked to a lot of your team members before. I know yes. that you do consider who are the potential sources of certain products. I mean, is that something that when you build your supplier network, do you include this is a great primary. These are great secondaries. That kind of thing. We do. We have tier one, tier two, tier three, in um, multiple different variables of sources of supply. You know, we also have a sourcing desk. Um, Dan Grant leads our sourcing desk team and handles stuff uh, Asia, Pac, uh, Mexico areas. So, you know, Omnia is also a great source uh, to find those those tier sure. two, tier three type solutions. But, um, but yeah, we have our suppliers have a pretty good network throughout there. We were having a conversation with one of our suppliers the other day on a forged plastic 
and looking for sources to really wow, wow. attack that for things that go into like uh, electronic dispensers. Mm. And so we, we see it all. Um, we, we also have a community with our private sector, uh, Omnia Partners private sector, where if people are interested, they can reach out and uh, touch base with us on Omnia, send in questions, and we can help them uh, touch base with our sources. Do you do business have. in Norway? <laughs> I'll have to go check. <laughs> yeah, right. I well, can't. So, I can tell you a great place to stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so as y'all know, and as Andre knows, it's not, uh, you know, Google or any one tool is not a magic wand. Right, it, right. It, takes a, uh, it takes a village, yeah. perhaps in more right. ways than ever before. Yeah, yeah, network. And also gathering all that market intel so you don't just identify one potential uh, new path or one potential new approach. It's, it's uh, you know, working with experts that can give you maybe a couple different options. Paul, you were going to add something to Andre. Yeah, or it's uh, a piece that you touched on. Uh, Greg, that's on top of mind uh, for everyone is don't be overwhelmed. You know, start, can't eat this steak can't solve in one day. bite. We didn't get here today. So, right? yeah, exactly. So, let's look at your riskiest situations, tackle that first, yep. and start working through. And you're going to, you're going to learn the right progression uh, to turn that on so it doesn't happen again. Right. Um, so, all the things we've been talking about, but yeah. Just start. That's a big thing. Just start. Yeah. So what you're saying there, Paul, is you got to yeah. tackle these problems like Greg White tackled that 56-ounce steak last night. That's right. Is that right? <laughs> so, Greg, what did you It was only 10, I think. Wasn't it? I'm looking for verification yeah, from man. off camera. It was only 10-ounce steak, just to be clear. But they did have a 32-ounce order. We just couldn't afford it. Yeah. That's right. right. <laughs> so, what, so you are from Kansas. I know. That's right. right. We're about to switch gears and, and kind of dive in a little deeper uh, in this last segment to the relationship between Paul and Kevin and also yeah. what's going on with Verison and Omnia Partners. But before we do that, any, you know, as we wrap on these two articles, this conversation, Greg, what else would you offer? I, I'm, I'm going to say this the way I've always said it whenever we've had Omnia on, on with us is if you don't get help with Omnia Partners, get help somewhere. Seriously, I really believe in this GPO model because, as I said, it's a huge leverage point for my one of my neighbors used to be the CFO of Charter Hospitals. If, and oh, really? I, so okay. I stole their tagline. Yeah, that was their tag. um, so, you know, there, there are too many things that need to happen too quickly for com small companies to be able to, to learn they need to be able to dive in where mm -hmm. they can mitigate risk, where they can create network opportunities, mm -hmm. as you've talked about. Look, we see this all the time in technology. And I think what we're doing is we're applying the way that technologies have started up in, yep. the, in the past decade or two yep. to other businesses that aren't necessarily technology related, or at least that's not their core business. And it's a great model. We've seen it be incredibly successful outsourcing development in, you know, with other you know, other types of businesses, mm -hmm. you can do the same thing and create a lot of leverage in your business to really accelerate your opportunity for success. Yeah. There are so many things in today's, you know, supply chain and supply networks that you cannot control. So control what you can control and don't overcomplicate it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Start, but keep it simple and, and make your way to the path because everyone knows the utopia they want to get to, right? right? And it's a progression, right? So we already got t we got about seventeen T-shirt isms already, but one of them yeah. you said there, Paul, was quote: "Don't be overwhelmed. You can't solve it all today. Tackle your riskiest situations first, but just start." And folks, uh, you know we're live across five uh, social channels right now. 
That was from our hardworking Twitter account, which is led by, I think Amanda is driving Twitter today. Is she? Okay. So good stuff. You can tune in. And, and not from a basement. Right. <laughs> right. right. At least not from her mom's baby. Right. <laughs> from a meat cooler. That's right. 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 It's not it's not a bot. It's not a bot. But we try to make it easy for y'all to engage wherever you'd like to. I want to share a couple of quick comments here and we're gonna dive into this last segment. Uh Andrea again. And Andrea, thanks for tuning in today. Appreciate your questions and commentary. Last two years, I have also unintentionally become a data scientist, mm -hmm. moving from Excel to Microsoft Power BI. We have so much available data in our hospitals, it's like a candy shop of low-hanging fruit. Sharing experiences in the same sector would be appreciated. Hey, reach out to the folks in the skyboxes and, and uh, you know, we'll try to be that connector as best we can. See, Peter Bollet, Peter, great to have you back. Uh, he says, previous 39 minutes can be summarized as, quote, wake up, smell the coffee, get out of the box, creative with your solutions to meet future demands, <laughs> not current demands, future. And then Kyle also agrees with Kevin and, and the rest of y'all about Zoom Info is a great tool. Kyle, uh, excellent podcast over the team over at Freight Plus. Y'all check that out. A lot of great content across social there. Great to have you here today, Kyle. Okay. Can I just one more? Yeah, please. Yeah. So one of the things that has been a hindrance for companies as well as been technology. We just barely touched on technology as a business model, but yeah, you know, the, the um, one of the sources in this article said when they, when they can build an app that can help me do this and I can carry it in my pocket. And this was the professor from Rutgers, Lushner. Yeah. Uh, yep. Then, yep. then small and medium businesses will be able to do that. Right. right. And, yeah. and that is part of the issue is, it's a five to $10 million initiative right now. It needs to become a five to $10 a month initiative or something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then that will help. So technology has to catch up. We've already acknowledged that we're using, we're using old technology to try to use new data and we need to simplify it so that the everyday business can, can actually leverage all of that value. Mm. Yep. So there's That's a couple it. of steps we've got to do. Yes, lots of, lots of work, lots of homework to do leaving this live stream. We'll check it on Friday as we reconvene. Gregory says, hey, thanks, Scott and Greg. Sorry I tuned in late. Evolving strategies should exist in the proper utilization of data capturing, intelligently designed tools implemented throughout supply chains, value chains to drive fluid and sustainable ecosystems. How about that from the Shakespeare? Um, that's why he's a Shakespeare. <laughs> yes. Supply. And then one final comment, and I'm a, I promise I'm coming to you next, Paul, right. is uh, Mohib is tuned in from mm. Air Capital World says, hey, cool that you're in Miami. I hope you get some supply of cool dad coastal shirts. Saying, <laughs> I'm looking at Amanda and her look right now. <laughs> Say, this is my cool dad t-shirt. All right, uh, Mohib, just for you. I sure will. And your ears may have been burned lately as Greg and I were talking about some of y'all's recent conversations. Yeah. Okay, so as we turn down this home stretch here, uh, I want to Paul, so Paul, uh, love what Verison's got going on. We were just talking over dinner last night about our first conversation forever ago at Godfather's in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Uh, and our dear friend, Daryl Liu, home, yeah. talk about a heavy hitter uh, amongst donuts and data and a lot more. Uh, but Paul, what's going on with Verison? Give us the latest news. And also Kevin mentioned, and, and we know this as well, uh, that y'all have collaborated for quite some time. Shed some light on that too. Yeah, sure. So yeah, exciting time. I mean, unique unique time in supply chain, right? Uh, talk to our team and our investors and our customers about you know the stars aligning for a supply chain technology business and the way we approach legacy systems and processes. But you know, Verison, we're growing quickly based on the market. 
And what we do is we, we're the simplest way to manage materials across your network, right? So it's getting data out of the Frankenstein, knowing it's dirty, knowing it's incomplete, making sense of it to drive value, whether that's inventory, procurement intelligence, being able to send it to existing systems. Uh, that's what we're really about is, you know, adding that layer of intelligence, combining data with humans and allowing that uh, to drive fast results and scale. And so uh, we've grown very quickly over the last year and uh, are looking to grow even more over the next 12 to 18 months, not stopping anytime <laughs> soon. And it's, it's you know really important for us as we obviously partner with large organizations that manage these materials, whether it's indirect or direct and raw materials. Um, it's about having partners like Kevin and his team and Omnia partners, right? So it's bringing together those elements of network, right. allowing them to support one another. It's goes down to, I call it this, you call it that. Mm. It's called this and this other part of the supply chain. Getting it out of those systems and making sense of it is going to catalyze us and accelerate us. Getting to the, the truth. That's Get right. To the truth. And, and the can you handle the truth? <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. Yeah. Um, we should, uh, and really, Paul put it, Paul, Paul's um, uh, very humble. Y'all have been blowing up, and it's great to see. You got new headquarters. You got, you know, you, you joined Greg on Tequila Sunrise and talked about uh, last round of fund, fundraising, which is wonderful. She's blowing up tons of demand in the marketplace. So I love seeing that. Um, and then we've appreciated our, our collaboration together yeah, going back several years. Great. So thank you, that, Paul. But Kevin, based on what some of the things that Paul shared there and y'all's relationship that y'all have, and, and it, what it sounds like this next generation. Yeah. Uh, relationship. How exciting is that? Tell us about Omnia Partners, what folks should know, and touch on y'all's relationship. Yeah, so, you know, Paul and I have been on this data journey for a while. You know, he talks about the unique time in supply chain. We've been saying that for five years. Yeah, now, right, right. For right, the right. last five years, it's been unique because technology is ever-changing, and this digital transformation, you know, these buzzwords get thrown around a, a lot, but it's what's driving this change. For Omnia Partners, really, you know, I think a lot of people think of us as a traditional GPO, um, we're really trying to break that mold and have them think about of us as a trusted advisor, an extension of their organization, whether mm -hmm. you're a supplier or a member. Uh, you know, we have trusted trusted partners like Paul uh, and many others that fit in our network, but our contract portfolio is is expansive. It's very large. And it doesn't stop there. You know, we help with data. We help with analytics. We help with assessments, benchmarking. Um, so we have a sourcing desk in our private mm -hmm. sector business. So there's just, for Omnia Partners, it's going through a tremendous transformation. It's a company that has grown, you know, exponentially over the last five years. And uh, in, in a great a great place to really help. You know, we specifically, it's a small to medium business. We, we also have a, a large membership in the enterprise. Uh, and that's going to really continue to grow in years to come. So we're excited. Love that. Man, yeah. tons of growth. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin has put a great team together since going <clears throat> Omnia a couple of years ago now. We first met uh, when he was at Georgia Pacific. But it's really important on that factor of, you know, suppliers need certain things. Manufacturing customers or end users need certain things. Right. They, can, they can achieve and get out of it what they want and lean on each other and actually, again, trust in the data yeah. and that's that's where we're, we're getting to it's a total value solution yeah. you know, i think traditionally people think of this as a as a low price market but it's a it's transformed into a real mm -hmm. solution oriented mm -hmm. organization that really has the ability to help companies grow their business and be more profitable yeah excellent point Thank all you, right Paul. uh nerf says uh, extension of an organization should not be something companies are afraid of people are stuck in the 
we've always done it this way mm -hmm. mode and that mindset needs to change well said nerf uh and Thank great you, to see man. you here today yeah yeah, that's right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right so one more thing one one distinction too because i know omnia partners has a private practice and mm -hmm. a public practice and sarah is just off stage here we appreciate all of her facilitation this week and we should note that the linkedin feed for the private practice is chuck full chuck uh it's full of best practices and resources <laughs> and is. articles you name it right it is yes okay it's omniapartners.com you can follow us on linkedin um click on our private sector business there's a wealth of information there for you so i'm so glad i got you here instead of in the screen to correct me when i say something wrong that's a, a, that's you, know, that's you. yeah yeah hey Isn't that cool to be able to do yeah, that yeah, yeah it is. i remember those days no Thank kidding you. uh usually it's an email or a quick text after right. but now he's sitting right here beside me folks we're two of our favorite people uh so kevin really uh admire what you and the omnia partners team is doing in general but also here this week investing giving folks really the opportunity in person do what you and Paul both have been speaking to, which is kind of that that market intel exchange. Certainly, you know, starting new relationships, investing in current relationships, and folks, it was, as we've been talking, Greg, for months now, mm -hmm. it's been free for supply chain procurement pros to come down here and attend, right? Um, what is it we said? <laughs> learn, <laughs> learn, connect, grow, Miami. What else do you need? <laughs> So, and it's not it's not inexpensive so i appreciate what companies like omnia partners so this do. is a fantastic facility yeah. and you can just anyone hey and a shout out to you guys this is oh, not a, this is not an easy thing for you guys to undertake mm -hmm. and greatly appreciate our partnership and friendship so thank you guys yeah, thank you vice versa thank you so much for that kevin all right so paul let's make sure you know we're gonna ask you how folks can connect with you for long, it's going to be going through your agent, I believe. Maybe well, they don't know by now, right? <laughs> <laughs> we, get new, we get new listeners and viewers every day, so we got to keep letting people know. That's that's probably right. some people are going, they've got five, five notes here. Oh, yeah, that's how. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, how can folks connect with you at the Verison team? Uh, simple uh, website, verison.com. Uh, social channels at Verison underscore AI. <laughs> Um, call Greg White, um, and then and then or directly with me at Paul J Noble across you know pretty much every platform. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, you know we're uh, waiting to hear from you. What does the J stand for, Paul? Joseph. Oh, that's good. Okay. Oh, I was afraid you weren't going to share. Some people won't share their middle name. Yeah, that's all good. It's my grandfather. That is cool. Uh, and, and and so that's one little known fact about Paul. There we go. Right, so Joseph. Paul J. Yep. yep. And then secondly, y'all might not know that Paul was a, uh, a scholarship, collegiate scholarship basketball player. Yeah, and don't what, challenge him to a game of Yeah, don't, don't do that. But where's your... That's about all I can do. <laughs> does your range start when you step foot on the court? What, what's your favorite shot? Just get me in the building. Yeah. The, <laughs> wow. Yeah, no. Um, no, yeah. Three-pointer, uh, inside, what do you do? Not no inside game. Man. I'm just floating around the three-point line. <laughs> noted. Yeah. Newly noted. Yep. Two on two will commence here in about a couple hours. I haven't done that in many years. So, um, so you know, one last comment here. We're going to be wrapping up here shortly. I hate to do it. Really enjoyed the conversation we've had with Paul and Kevin and Greg. But Peter, I want to share his comment here because Peter retired as a strategic procurement professional, uh, especially in the aviation industry. And he says GPO equals group purchasing organization. And yes, it does work with great benefits. Been doing that since two thousand where he's been leveraging Aero Exchange out of Dallas for airlines. 
So, uh, and Peter, I think, tuned into the webinar we had yeah. with Ara and... Um, he, has a, he has some really great insights into procurement generally, but right. GPOs specifically, and he had tremendous success with it. So. That's right, a lot of good feedback about the Omnia Partners team. Okay, so folks, I've enjoyed this conversation too much, maybe, too much. Probably it's, a little too much. It's good yeah. to be back in person. And a nurse to see you in person, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, you guys too. Yeah. So great energy. Nerf says he's a basketball player too. I think we just became best friends. Paul. Yeah, that's right. And he's he's six seven though, so yeah, he's you're gonna have to drive. the Barrison squad. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to drive him a couple times to keep him honest on the perimeter. <laughs> shoot or shoot. <laughs> so, Nerf and Peter are challenging both of y'all to two on two. So can we make right. that happen? Pay per view. Yeah, Nashville. Okay. Nashville. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So, Greg, um, folks, don't don't forget to connect with Kevin Heath with Omnia Partners and Paul Noble with Paul J. Noble, Paul Joseph Noble. There you go. <laughs> only um, my mother calls me that. <laughs> and only when you're in trouble. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Greg, before I wrap, what has been your favorite thing that's come out of this conversation over the last hour? I think it's, I've used this word a whole lot, but I think it's the leverage that this really provides yep. to uh, small businesses. First of all, full disclosure, advisor and shareholder in Verison, just a huge fan of yeah. Omnia Partners, frankly. But uh, I mean, I think that Omnia is bringing technology companies and sales resources and other unique solutions to companies as part of a group purchasing organization is really critical and it shows their forward looking uh, position in the marketplace. And it's an absolutely critical thing. Look, I may, we may or may not have a small business here, right here. <laughs> yep. Right. And, and we use a lot of, of resources outside of our core competencies to help us become better. And one of them is sitting behind the cameras right there. That's right. Joshua, thank you very much. First of all. Um, and, and uh, of course, our beloved spouses and and uh, business partners also sitting off camera. So uh, I think it's important to understand how you make a company successful and do so rapidly. I really liked uh, some of the comments about it is life or death for right. small businesses right mm -hmm. now. And the world is changing very rapidly. We have to look at that pace and we have to match that pace in order to, to maintain growth as a small business. Yep. Well said. Well said. Uh, Charles Heater, great. See you tuned in here today, and thank you, Dr. Rhonda Bumpenza Zimmerman says, super amazing listening experience here today. Intelligence, great vibes, and content here. Appreciate your insights all. Paul and Kevin enjoyed your positive perspective. Thank you for that. Uh, and, and make sure you check out, Rhonda's got some excellent, um, how would you couch, uh, kind of mental wellness uh, type of content yeah, across social. Climbing. Well, some great pictures <laughs> yes, out her, of her out right? in Arizona. She's, she is definitely getting well. That's right. Folks, one more thing here. So if you're, whether you're tuned into the live version of this or you're hearing this on our podcast replay, get ready. We've got two interviews taking place on the uh, exhibition floor uh, later right. this event. We're going to be talking about total cost ownership and how that's evolved. We're going to be talking about labor cha challenges. Holy cow. Raise your hand if that's not impacting you. You won't see any hands raised. And a lot more challenges with some members of the Omnia Partners team. So y'all stay tuned for that. All right, Greg, we're ready to call it a wrap. We What's on to. the docket the rest of the yeah. afternoon? There's a few good sessions that I want to get <laughs> some eyes on, and then there may may or may not be a pool across. Oh, the nice, <laughs> nice. I heard there's a Monte Carlo night that you might be joining. Oh, oh yeah, wonderful. that's right. I Shake heard that. not stirred. Okay. <laughs> with that said, <laughs> great to have y'all here with us. Yes, uh, we were talking about James Bond last night. Were we? 
Yeah, great to have y'all with us here today on the first in-person supply chain buzz. We look forward to doing a lot more of these. Big thanks to our hosts, Omnia Partners, of course. Y'all check them out. Check out a lot of thought leadership's going to be coming out of Connections 2021. Be sure to connect also with the Verison team, heavy hitting the Verison team, one of our favorite uh, repeat guests here at Supply Chain Now. If you like conversations like this, check us out at supplychainnow.com or wherever you get your podcast from. But whatever you do today, take a page out of Paul and Kevin's book. And whatever you do, just start. Just start. Do good. Give forward. Be the change that's needed. Do that quick. That was quick. And on that do note, <laughs> do good. Give forward. Be the change that's needed. And nice. on that note, we'll see you next time right back here at Spot, uh, Spot Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.